0: Hi, I'm Tobias Zimmergren. Welcome to the Tech Talk Show. Throughout this podcast, you'll be able to listen to the latest happenings and updates from the community, along with interviews with industry experts talking about their favorite technologies. In this episode, I'm catching up with my good friend and Microsoft MVP, John White, on the topic of SharePoint 2016 and the BI workloads. John knows a lot about this stuff, and so with all the changes happening to the BI stack for SharePoint and in general, I thought it'd be a great idea to get his input on these topics. So we'll discuss things like Excel services, what's going on there, SSRS vNext, PowerView, Power BI, and this shiny new thing called Azure Analysis Services and what that's all about. So tag along for another episode and let's jump right into the recording with John. All
1: right, welcome John to the show. Oh, well, thanks thanks for having me, man. It's uh, it, it, It's been a little while coming.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. We met up at the MVP Summit last November and said it would be fun to catch up over a, a podcast episode, and I guess here we are. I think it was originally over a beer, but hey, yeah. <laughs> we'll take what we can get. <laughs> exactly, but, you know. And I, I think we, we discussed a bit about SharePoint and BI workloads and what's changing, because that landscape is, like, changing every single day. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, the BI stack is... uh is moving very very quickly. It's it's refreshing. Uh, it's refreshing for me, especially who's been involved in BI and SharePoint. I'm I'm one of the few
0: people who straddle that uh, that massive gap between the two product teams. Yeah, and I get a lot of questions from people about this stuff. And you know, what's happening to this thing in BI? And I'm like, I used to work with that. But, you know, there's so much now, it's impossible for me to answer that. So I thought, hey, let's go with John White, because he'll know the answer to that. <laughs> well, I've,
1: I've, I've been living it and, 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 and trying to make it work. And uh, about the same time last year with all of the preview bits of SharePoint 2016, it was like, okay, let's uh, let's see what this stuff looks like in 2016. And it's uh, radically different. Well, at least it is on the back end, not so much on the front
0: end. Right. So I guess that's what we're going to dig into. And... One of the common questions that I get, and that I, of course, wonder myself, not being in the BI stack for a while, is I know some big customers that I used to work with, they use Excel services. But some of the stuff in Excel services is being deprecated, I know, in SharePoint 2016. And, for example, you need to have the Office Online server with Excel Online if you want to continue using any kind of Excel service functionality, the way I understand it. So what does that mean? For our customer running today,
1: deprecated is a nice way of putting it. Removed completely is 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 really the,
0: the situation. <laughs> Just get it out of there.
1: <laughs> it's not there anymore. So yeah, I mean, if you right. if you go back to. Uh, SharePoint 2007. If you remember, I, I like to I like to throw this into my what's changed talks when I when I do them. But if you go back to the old 2007 SharePoint wheel, you remember that thing, you know? Oh Share, yeah. SharePoint at the middle of the uh, the world. Do I was, remember? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. With the with the <laughs> six main workloads hanging off of it. One of those workloads was BI. Yeah. And this was defined by the Office team at the time, and what they really meant was Excel services. So that was one of the right. major aspects of BI. SQL fills in the rest of it with SQL Server Reporting Services, Power Pivot for SharePoint. Those are those are SQL products. Performance Point was the SQL team. It got moved over to the Office team where well, it's stayed the same since then pretty much. It hasn't changed uh, in, in an appreciable way. But those are kind of the four major pillars on, in the uh, in the SharePoint BI world and it's the it's certainly the major one from the Office team and now it no longer runs on SharePoint. It okay. runs with SharePoint. So what they'd done and when they first put the announcement out, everybody just freaked out because you know it's just, Excel services deprecated in twenty sixteen. What? And what yeah. they said was that it all was being all the time invested,
0: all the money invested, yep, right?
1: Yep. And they said it's being replaced with the functionality in Excel online server. And they didn't bother explaining at the time that Excel Online Server was simply the renamed Office Web Application Server. Everybody figured we're going to drive them to the cloud, and that's not the case. So, yeah, what they did was they took all the capabilities that were in, or most of the capabilities, and certainly all of them from an end-user standpoint, save one, from Excel Services, and put them in what we used to think of as the Office Web Application Server, and is now called the Office Online Server. My my buddy, Jason Himmelstein, is uh, fond of calling it Office Online Server on-prem, USOP. (laughs) But that's not an official name. But yes, so so the theory is they've just lifted that capability and stuck it on there. What that does is make Office Online Server mandatory if you're doing BI in SharePoint. It used to be an option. But we also used to have these two things, right? We had um, Excel services on SharePoint, and we had this Office Web Application Server. And when it came time to rendering Excel workbooks, we had to choose one or the other, and that was a farm-level setting. So if we needed the capabilities of doing, say, Power Pivot data models, uh, internal models, you had, to, you had to turn on, you had to tell the, your server farm to use Excel services for rendering Excel workbooks, not Excel online. And those are two different things. Right. Now it's been unified in, in, in a single platform. And that's all to the good, if you ask me, but from a server administrator standpoint, it is more complex to do. Yeah.
0: So TLDR on that is, <laughs> you can still use a lot of the functionality, but it looks a bit different in the setup and the architecture on the backend, right? The architecture is wildly different now because we used to be able to count on the connection to our
1: backend data system. We still, you know, we still have the double hop problem in original SharePoint, but now we have a triple hop. Wow. Because we have the SharePoint server now needing to communicate with the office online server, which in turn then communicates with your back-end data source in, in 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 a connected data fashion. And it gets worse if we're trying to use connection documents, ODC files or something like that, that are sitting in a SharePoint library, because you make the connection with the Office Online server, the Office Online server then needs to be able to read that ODC file back out of a SharePoint library, so it has to have permissions to do all of that stuff. And from there, it then in turn makes its connections out to its data source. So it gets pretty complicated pretty fast.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So (laughs) I guess that's something that that both admins will need to be aware of, but also... Like, from a user perspective, if I'm a user of SharePoint, all the technicalities aside, what, f- like, functional wise, if I don't think about double hop, triple hop, yep. you know, connection issues, setup, anything like that, but just as a user, yep. do I still have, you know, workbooks in Excel the same way I used to do? Or, you know, what is the user experience and what differs in? you know, for the user if we disregard all the technical aspects of the back end?
1: It's an excellent question. If you do your job right as a a SharePoint administrator, users won't notice the difference. The only difference they'll notice is the top of the screen when they're viewing a workbook full screen will now say Excel Online and it will no longer say Excel Services. Right. And to that end, Microsoft in Office 365 made that switch about a year and a half before the release of uh, uh, SharePoint. I'm guessing it was about a year and a half before the release of uh, SharePoint 2016 on prem server. And I didn't notice for months. And, I'm, you know, I pay attention to this stuff. So yeah. <laughs> it really should be the same thing from an end-user standpoint. It's not much, you know, I have, a, I have a talk on what's new in BI in SharePoint 2016, and, and it's a whole lot of technical mumbo-jumbo. And, and at the end, it's like there's really nothing
0: to demonstrate because it's exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I guess that's important for the user to know that, and also for you as you know, the technical fellow implementing this stuff, that the user adoption is not going to be, the biggest thing, because that's normally the problem I've seen in a lot of intranet projects, specifically, whatever we implement, it can be the technically most awesome and most savvy solution. But if the user don't get it, you know, it's, it's a fail. That's right. That's absolutely right. If there's no change in the UI or little change, then that's even easier for the user to just continue working, even though you replaced everything that happens on the backend, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that goes alongside of,
1: if you look at SharePoint 2016 in general, for the most part, there were very few changes to the user interface itself. Yeah. Most of the changes were architectural, and that's certainly the case here. It's not a lot of fun to demonstrate, but uh, it does uh, set the stage from an architectural standpoint. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So another thing that I know uh, was recently uh, announced was the January technical preview of SSRS or SQL Server Reporting Services, the next or version next. Mm -hmm. This was made available yesterday as of this recording. What's the deal here? What's that all about? Well, I've tested it
1: fully by now. No, (laughs) (laughs) I I can honestly promise you, I've read the blog post. (laughs) Yeah, okay, fair enough. What's the big deal here? I'll uh, I'll I'll start out by telling you what the big deal is. It's uh, it includes what we what you might want to think of as Power BI on premises, which is a big deal. Right. People have been asking for this for years, and it gets into a discussion of I I won't dive into that discussion at least not yet, but uh, of what reporting services is all about, but. In a nutshell, uh, Microsoft has decided that SSRS is its platform for delivering uh, reporting on-premises. Okay. In the cloud, it's Power BI, but on-premises, it's SSRS. And if you look at the way they define reports, both of those platforms should be able to provide the same capabilities. They don't today, but they're converging. And so what's so exciting about SSRS vNext is, and this preview is a standalone. You don't actually have to have SQL v next to, to run it, but it does have a set of requirements that you'll want to go check out. But what's so nice. exciting about it is, in addition to running RDL files like you've always been able to do, or RDLx files, which are the new um, the mobile format that, that we first saw in, in, in reporting services 2016, you will be able to render Power BI files, PBIX files. Okay. And that is exciting. That is basically and, and, and there's no trickery going on here. You're not connecting to the cloud. You don't need a Power BI account. None of that stuff. You can you can totally not have an Azure Active Directory identity. Not that I recommend it, but you could not you could get away with not having one at all and using the capabilities of Power BI via. SSRS on-premises.
0: All right, so it's just using the same engine to, to render the data and then show it to the user, right? That's right, there are fundamental differences
1: under the hood, but that's essentially, coming back to, will the user notice a difference? They shouldn't. Today, the preview has to be connected to an SSAS, SQL Server Analysis Services backend. So the data models must live there, and that's a big difference with the with the Power BI um, platform in the cloud today, but you can see where we're going with all of this stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. And I'll, I'll, I'll even extend that out. So what, what isn't there, but they have talked about publicly now, is one of the – because they, they define four different report types. Classic SSRS, RDL, RDLX, which is the mobile format, PBIX, which is Power BI. And the other file format that is considered a report type for Microsoft is Excel. XLSX. Right. So logically now, if we're going to render, if both of those platforms, now Power BI and the cloud can render Excel just fine, right? It's using Excel online. So logically, shouldn't SSRS do it? Well, yeah, they've said it's going to, and they've worked on it. I've actually seen it working. And it's using Excel online server to do that. So okay. we can see a, a future where both of these platforms can do all. And, and Microsoft hasn't stated this. This
0: is you know, my analysis, but but I but I think we're heading in that direction. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of brings us to to Power BI and, you know, how that integrates with SharePoint. I've, I've used Power BI a bit myself, and to be a bit geeky, I'm using it actually to visualize my greenhouse and the humidity <laughs> and temperature in data charts, oh, which are connected awesome. to Azure using IoT. It's a ridiculously geeky project, but that's the, the way for me to get into Power BI and test it out. And so
1: you're using like an event hub and pushing the data up? Oh, and, yeah. And then you're, so you're doing real-time data from your, from your greenhouse through Power BI?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, so that's cool. being read every 10 seconds or five yeah. seconds, whatever it is now. And I push that data. I, I think I have several million lines in that database at the moment, which is in an Azure storage. And that's just rendered and using Power BI, connecting to Azure storage, it's just so easy when it's right there.
1: Yeah, because you can take the Event Hub and push directly into a Power BI data model. And that literally lets you leave the screen up and you can watch the numbers change. That's through a dashboard. But what you're talking about is, is personally, you at least want to persist that data because then you get to keep the data as long as you want and analyze it any, any number of ways. There are limitations yeah. to using that that direct push model. Into I'm just teeing off on this, aren't I?
0: That kind of gets me going. And yeah. a side project, thank you for that, because yeah. like I, I have enough time to, to spend on these things uh, already, right? I'm a gardener as well, so you shouldn't have told me about this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna show you this project when it's entirely done and, I'd love to and see i can it. give that to you as well i'd love to see it i don't have a greenhouse i just you know
1: i, I rely on others to have greenhouses <laughs> but i can see i can see well i did something like that with weather i used uh, the weather underground uh, sensors there's a weather underground station right, right inside my house so as opposed to going out and buying my own weather station i just tie into yeah. that and i did exactly the same thing that you're talking about nice yeah
0: yes i mean that's fun but in, in that project, I'm obviously not using SharePoint. So if we, right. if we talk Power BI, how does that integrate today with SharePoint if you're online? If you're on-prem, I guess it's the SSRS option you mentioned previously. But if, if you're in SharePoint Online and Power BI, how does that work? This really gets to a, a bigger issue. If, if we think about what we were just talking
1: about with Excel, right? Excel services have moved from being running on SharePoint to running with SharePoint. Yeah, and that's kind of if, if we think of all of the bi workloads that SharePoint serves up today include and actually other workloads when you think of it but if we take the bi workloads and, and take that concept it helps inform us as to where Microsoft is going with all of this stuff and it's all to the good because everything becomes componentized and you have a lot fewer dependencies If you look back to you know we, we if we wanted to get say and we'll might come back to this topic but if you' we if you wanted Power view before, You had to have SSRS and SharePoint. So all these SQL guys who want to use PowerView are now challenged with having to stand up a SharePoint farm just to get SSRS running. And all they want to use is SSRS. So by bringing it out, first of all, and Power BI is the cloud side of that. We can get to the on-prem side of that in in, in a bit. But the the cloud side of that is is Power BI. So it is a self-contained thing and if you remember when power bi was first introduced there was a v1 of power bi that didn't really catch on it was really expensive and kind of cumbersome and it was essentially what we get with power pivot for sharepoint on-prem but in the cloud and with a connector so you could refresh your data from on-premises. That's really what it was. And it maintained that SharePoint dependency. In the middle of last year, this V2 of Power BI was lit up and it's caught on like wildfire. It's a lot cheaper, it's a lot easier to use, there's no dependencies. So it lives on its own, it can do its own thing. Now, we're all used to these wonderful integrations and they are wonderful with SSRS and SharePoint what do we do in the cloud that's that's really the question you're asking and there hasn't yeah. been a good story and there frankly still today isn't a great story on this up until now the best you could do from a codeless integration into sharepoint was a an app in the app store that allows you to put uh, power bi tiles directly on a sharepoint page but right. uh, i had the uh, i had the good fortune to be able to um reveal at ignite the upcoming power bi web part so there's a client-side, it's basically the new um, client-side rendering model. Yeah, the SharePoint framework. Thank you, the SharePoint framework. Yeah. implemented in the new SharePoint framework. And you can basically just take a web part like you would expect, drop it on a page, and point it at a report, and bang, you'll be able to choose what report page you want to have rendered, and that's it. Sweet. Now. Yeah, there's no, today, there's no parameters like we're used to in Power BI. You don't have a whole lot of control over the layout. You got some, but it's highly responsive. It's totally interactive, and it's all client-side. That's what's coming, at least initially, from a Power BI SharePoint integration. Now, yeah. that's on-prem, or sorry, that's in the cloud. What about yeah. on-prem? What I just said before about the uh, the web part, it's uh, it's the new SharePoint framework issue here is on-prem, we don't have the SharePoint framework. Right. But once we get it, it'll work exactly the same way. And the beauty is this will not care whether you're in the cloud or on-prem, it'll work exactly the same way. As long as you've got access
0: to the underlying report, you'll be able yeah. to have it rendered on your page, period. So what what happens in the meantime? I mean, you, you say that when the SharePoint framework is going to be fully available and the web part is going to be there on-prem, it's going to work exactly the same. But what happens... In the meantime, before everything is feature parity between on-prem and, and online.
1: We keep doing things the way we've done them all along. <laughs>
0: Have I mentioned right. <laughs> SSRS? <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. because I just want know? to clarify that because some yeah. I got exactly this question the other day or a couple of weeks back before Christmas about if, if I'm using Power BI, how do I do – how do I present my chart in SharePoint on-prem? I do not know how to answer that question, but I do now, so. You could iframe it is, is the short
1: answer. Um, you could build something yourself that embeds an iframe in a page. Yeah, and essentially that's
0: what SharePoint framework is all about anyway, it right? It's kind it of, it's a, not simple, but it's a clean model for integrating other things into your SharePoint without actually installing it on the SharePoint server.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of putting a link on the page and saying, here, click here.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> in, in those cases. <laughs> Yeah, as long as it's on a trusted source, right? Because otherwise you get those emails. Hey, click, you won the lottery, click this link. (laughs)
1: That's right. That's right. What I don't know, uh, well, actually, I think I do know the answer to this because, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not even going to go there. I was 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 thinking in my head, will the SharePoint, will the uh, reporting services web part that we have today in SharePoint on-prem work with the new Power BI embedded uh, reports? And I am positive that it won't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, the okay. reason for that is that that just to, I don't know if this is coming up or not. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But the reason for that is that uh, there is no more integrated mode uh, reporting services has been deprecated. And that's where that web part comes from.
0: Right. Nice. I mean, here's a lot of information I did not know. So that's I mean, you're enlightening, enlightening me every every single minute in this call here. So. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> It's it's like just a, a world of new information, and I'm like, hey, I need to try that out. <laughs> and, and speaking of trying new things out, I've also seen and scoped out something called the Azure Analysis Services, which is now in a preview. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Oh, yeah. Is it cool or is it cool? It's
1: cool. It's not something I've had my hands on yet, although I thought I was going to need it. Um, about half a year ago, some changes to Power BI meant I didn't need to. So uh, in a nutshell, Azure Analysis Service is exactly what you think it is. It's an Analysis Services as a service in Azure. So it's a PaaS version of SSAS. We didn't have that up until now. Well, actually we did, but we didn't know it for what it was. If you look at what's behind Power BI, it's that. So okay, right. you just had to go through Power BI to do it. And there were ways to tap into its power. For example, if I deployed out a Power BI data model into the Power BI service, I could then connect to that model directly with Excel just as if I was connecting to a big analysis services server. Right. There were limits around Power BI initially, the uh, model size couldn't be any larger than 250 megabytes. It can be a uh, gigabyte now. And that okay. most of our data models fit within that gig, but what I was excited about with SSAS and continue to be is with if you have uh, with uh, sorry with uh, Azure Analysis Services is if you had massive data models you can deploy them out to Azure Analysis Services without having to worry about connecting in back on-prem. You could then connect your Power BI reports to that, and you don't have any scale issues whatsoever. So you can, you can scale that out as much as you want, and you're not charged for your storage within the Power BI service. So you know there are limits around You know a free user gets a, a gigabyte of storage, a, a pro user gets 10 gigabytes of storage, et cetera. But if you need to offload that, it's another option to standing up your own SSAS service on-prem and connecting to it through a gateway. So that's really what okay. it's all about. One other piece of it, though, I find very exciting is if you look at how you connect to it, and this is also true of, of that case where I, when you connected from Excel to the Power BI data model, if you look under the covers, that connection is using claims authentication. Okay. SSAS doesn't support claims authentication today, does it? But it does in the cloud, and that the team has talked about it, it's coming to on-prem. So I expect, that's just John saying this, this is not Microsoft saying this, but I would expect to see claims authentication in SSAS on-prem in next.
0: Okay, yeah, that would make sense. It would be a, a nice move as well. It does. SSAS
1: supports effective username, which is a nice way to get around having a lot of that stuff. But yes, it would it would it would be nice to be able to connect directly via claims.
0: Yeah, so this thing, this is built on SQL Server Analysis Services and you can essentially, you can get the same kind of data points connected or data connections yep. from both on-prem as in the cloud now then with, with this thing. That's right. That means you can connect to file storage's SharePoint, SQL data warehouse, SQL server databases, HD, inside, you know, things, whatever, yep, right? Exactly that. I mean, anything you could uh, use analysis services
1: with today, you can use in the, um, in the as, as far as I know, <laughs> in the uh, Azure analysis services. One caveat, I believe it's only tabular mode right now. It's in preview. It, right. it only d- does tabular models right now, I think, but I need to check on that. I'm not 100% sure of that, so don't take that as, uh, as gospel. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, that's kind of cool, though. So it's, it's kind of like... Uh, yeah, how would you say it's, it's the gap between what was previously on the on-prem up now to the clouds, You can get kind of the same data everywhere. Yep, it is in preview, and everyone knows when you test a preview, or also known as a beta, <laughs> you might not get all the you might not get all the features. There might be some hiccups and things like that. Oh, so yeah. hopefully. You know the the features will just be pushed in there once it's stable enough and, and up and running. So
1: one of the oddities uh, with it is that you need to go through a gateway to get at it, which is odd to me. Like an on-prem data gateway, you have to have that stood up. I don't know if that's going to be the case in GA or not. But uh, the last okay. time I played with it, you had to stand up a, an on and it was a special version of the on-prem data gateway. That will uh-huh. converge, but um, I'm not exactly sure of the of the reasoning for that. But uh, but it, but it is. You need
0: your your SQL and you need your or you, you, early, if you will on-prem and then the gateway, and then you can connect.
1: Yeah, it's the same gateway or will be the same gateway that Power BI, Flow, and Power Apps right.
0: use. Yeah. Okay, yeah, get it. Yeah, I really like this thing. It's, it's like everything is coming together in the cloud. And, yeah. yep. and I do like the way that Microsoft is targeting, you know, their cloud offerings versus on-prem. For a while, a couple of years back, or almost up until today, a lot of people have been thinking that everything goes into the cloud, yeah. nothing stays on prem. But that's not really the case, is it? It's feature yeah. parity is more important, and running hybrid is more important than neglecting on prem, going on the cloud, or vice versa. Yeah, you, you
1: see it across the board. You will find features that are only available in the cloud, but you don't. Of course, and that makes sense. Things like Delve, right? It doesn't make sense to even try to do that on prem. Yeah, there's quite a few other ones as well, uh, you know, flow, yeah. power apps, etc. But you can still work. They're not trying to push you off-prem any any longer. In fact, you know the the hybrid environment is not seen as a transitional state anymore it's it's seen as a, just a valid end state and it's perfect i mean power i love the way power bi does hybrid with that with that gateway i can keep if i have if i'm worried about my data if i have sensitive sensitivity requirements i mean you're in europe you guys are crazy about that right uh, <laughs> yeah. data privacy i can keep my data on prem but i can still use that service in the cloud and tap into it i don't have to persist that right. data up in the up in the cloud stores anywhere so that satisfies those requirements, enterprises' concerns with sensitive data, you know, the, the privacy stuff. It also concerns, you know, it also addresses scale because, like I said, with the analysis services in Azure, well, you can do that on prem yourself too. You can scale out your own box. You might want to manage your own platform for whatever reason. You may have legacy things that need to be on prem, so you can, you can do all of that stuff. And, and so Microsoft is saying, "Yep, yeah, totally valid. Yeah, use this piece here, use that piece there. Do what you like." I mean, it's not all there yet, but. It's the that's getting there.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the uh, that's the aspiration, right? Yeah. Sweet. So, hey, I'm, you know, way out of questions now because I don't know any more stuff about this. (laughs) (laughs) All all my qualified questions are gone. (laughs) Is, Is there anything you'd like to, you know, add on top of what we already discussed? Or sure, is there anything, you know, check this out or anything you'd like to recommend to, to, People to check out. Well,
1: I, I'll, I'll clarify a couple of things I just kind of touched on earlier. Um, I, I, you know, I mentioned that uh, Reporting Services integrated mode is being deprecated uh, going forward. That means uh, the next version of SQL Server will only have Reporting Services native mode. Now, SharePoint people go what? What needs to happen uh, at that point is that they need to have that you know that wonderful web part we have with SSRS. It is wonderful. It lets us control parameters, etc. That's going to need to work with native mode reporting service. I don't have a problem with the concept of SSRS not running on SharePoint. I'm, I applaud it, but but we need to have that connectivity back from SharePoint. That's just not there today to a native mode. So right now, when if we if you want to stand up 2016, you want to have all those cool new features in SSRS, you need to stand up a native mode server, and you probably are going to have to stand up a um, integrated mode SharePoint to get at things like Power View, which is now, by the way, considered legacy. Right, Power View is not moving forward. All of the capabilities that were in PowerView, we can now describe as Power BI. The big difference is the UI, the way the UI is rendered are two different technologies, but it's the same fundamental principle under the covers. So if you're using PowerView today and you're on-prem, you're kind of still stuck with things like, oh, I don't know, Silverlight requirements. Right. (laughs) Oh, my God, I
0: haven't heard that in ages. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
1: if you want to use use PowerView in a browser on-premises, you're going to be using SilverView. Silverlight, sorry, silver view. Power View, Silverlight, Power View. You know there are so many things You can count them all, right? <laughs> exactly. So I can see that going away. If you look at Power Pivot for SharePoint in 2016, it's kind of the same as Power Pivot for SharePoint in 2013. There's not much difference with it. I expect to see all that stuff get rationalized in the near future. But but be aware of that. That the on-prem story is still being. Fleshed out, but what's exciting for me is that there is a very, very clear direction from Microsoft on where they're going with this stuff, and that gives me confidence making these recommendations here's what you want to do here, here's what you want to do there so, and yeah. before you were just never sure so i I'm pretty excited about that. makes a lot of sense
0: All right, sweet, and you know, John, thanks for coming to the show and doing this recording you know it's it's been ages, yeah. except for when I saw you at the MVP summit. <laughs> hopefully. I'll see you again soon, and then we maybe can catch up, maybe do another recording. Sounds like a plan maybe over that, uh, that, that famed beer. Yeah, that beer, <laughs> man. That beer just escapes us every single time, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it, it's just after 9 here, so I'm still in coffee mode right now, but there you are. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, it's about beer o'clock for me, so.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right, cool. So thanks again for for coming to the show, and hope to see you soon. Thanks, Tobias. See you soon. Yeah, see you. Bye. That concludes yet another episode of the Rancor Tech Talks. Thank you, John, for the time and thanks to everyone who tuned in to listen. Find out more about John and his experiences by checking out the links in the show notes.